Hi, and welcome to the Jack and Ian Show. We appreciate you checking us out if this is your first time or if you've been following us uh, now for the last few weeks. Today on the show, we're going to get to a lot of football news. We're going to talk NFL and college football. It was a great weekend for football yep, it was. in general across the board. We're also going to get to some uh, soccer in the segment, so you think you think you know about soccer. And then we'll wrap it up with some entertainment news as well. Um, so I think we're going to have a good show today. Um, with that said, I think let's go ahead and uh, start talking some sports yeah. with the NFL weekend that we had. Awesome. All right, let's do it. So starting off, as always, we're going to go right into the NFL recaps with our players of the week. And so first off, I think this guy has been outstanding this year. A lot of people thought he, he kind of got off to a bit of a slow start with the Bills, and it wasn't as good as last season, but Josh Allen this week was pretty amazing. Um, he went 15 for 26, 315 yards, and three touchdowns in their 38-20 to 20 win over the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, this guy, again, he, he, he got off to a bit of a slow start. Everyone was thinking, oh, you know, the Bills gave, uh, gave him a huge contract, but he hasn't been living up to it. Honestly, ever since people made those comments, he's been shutting up the haters. I got to be honest. Yeah, no, he's he's looked really good. You know, I mean, going 15 for 26 for 315 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. Um, you know, that's extremely impressive. He started playing a lot better. That Bills team is a tough team to play, and they'll continue to be that. Um, to me, though, the bigger storyline out of this game, uh, obviously, you know. Uh, you had Allen play a great game, but the bigger storyline here is the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs are now two and three. The Chiefs have been a team the last few seasons that have played extraordinarily well. But uh, Mahomes was outdueled. Yeah, uh, Mahomes was thirty-three for fifty-four, and he only threw for two hundred seventy yards, and he had two interceptions yeah. in the game. He, he did have two touchdowns, but he had two picks. He did not play very well. Um, at all by anybody's standards, Josh Allen looked far better, yeah. and now the Chiefs are two and three. Yep, yeah. uh, they don't look good. Yeah, they yeah. don't look good at all. Chiefs and that's are a big issue. Trouble. Yeah, yeah. So, so the the Chiefs are definitely in trouble. And um, again, Josh Allen had a fantastic week and on, on top of those three touchdowns. Sorry, to me with the Chiefs yeah. though, I think I think there's some some bigger stuff. I mean, you also saw. Some stuff with just the Mahomes family. With now you're getting some uh, off the field drama, yeah. which is never good. You <laughs> yeah. had Patrick Mahomes' fiance Brittany Matthews yeah. tweeting out at some Chiefs fans. Mm -hmm. uh, she wasn't very happy. And you've always had Jackson Mahomes there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean Patrick Mahomes. I mean he needs to find. I don't know if this is legally it can happen, but he needs to find a way to, to divorce his brother. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He needs to find some way somehow. Uh, his family will continue to be a distraction. They have been a distraction, specifically Jackson, his fiance. Yeah. Um, they've been, I mean, they've just been pretty entitled yeah. for no reason. I mean, like, with Jackson specifically, I mean, what does he even do? I mean, honestly, he, he, he's a TikTok influencer, which, in my opinion, I mean, I don't want to hurt anyone out there, but being a TikTok influencer basically means you're self-employed without a job. So. He needs to get it. He need, Like, I wouldn't care if... if Jackson Mahomes were like a dentist mm -hmm. or a lawyer or a mechanic. Yeah, like those seem. But like, he doesn't do anything, no, right? He, and, and and this guy just kind of feeds on the riches of his brother. I kind of feel like he yes. takes advantage of that. And so yeah, it's, he takes advantage of the last name. Now I guess getting to the tweets a little bit. Uh, you know, she's a physical trainer, so at least she has a job. Mm -hmm. Now that said, her job doesn't entail much. It means drinking smoothies and wearing leggings all day. Um, now she said the refs are never in our favor. I think the 49er fans would beg to differ. Yes. 
Um, she also said, why y'all so mad? Which is just asking for trouble mm-hmm. on Twitter. Because you know that's just going to make them yeah. even more angry. I mean, she, she knows exactly what she's doing by, by taking, you know, the platform on Twitter and, you know, trash talking. Uh, Chiefs fans and other NFL fans. And the, the person country. that responded, I feel like, actually made a decent point. Uh, she said, I forget the account, but she said, girl, you need to stop. This is, I, this was long before Mahomes was here. Uh, it, it's not giving the organization a good look. Yeah. The Chiefs are bigger than you or me or any one player. Yeah. Which is true. Uh, you know, when she goes out and acts like Patrick Mahomes, the only player on the team, mm-hmm. And that he's the best quarterback in the NFL, which I don't blame her for that. She yeah. should pull for him. Yeah, 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 of course. Maybe she should pull for him a little more silently. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't maybe, need to be that that obvious and out there. Maybe so. she should focus on her career, and then like when she sees him, she's like, "Hey, you played great. Mm-hmm. Like that's amazing." Yeah. But she doesn't, and she doesn't need to respond by saying in the nicest way possible, "Shut up." Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's just uncalled for, but. Uh... But, but anyways, though, just... It makes Patrick Mahomes more unlikable, and it adds off-the-field drama to a season that's already started off 2-3. and three. Yeah. Uh, it's a bad look for the Chiefs in general, yep. and the Chiefs overall uh, are really in a downward trend right now. Yep, they um, are. They, and yeah. I don't know if anybody really saw it coming, yeah. but we've been talking about this for the last uh, few weeks now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and so so later on in the podcast, we'll definitely get into the Chiefs and their, their early season struggles, but... Let's move on to the NFC Player of the Week, and I don't think I don't think this comes to anyone as a surprise. But Derrick Henry is back on our Players of the Week board. Twenty nine carries, one hundred thirty rushing yards, and three touchdowns in the Titans' thirty seven to nineteen win over the struggling Jaguars. So again, last week we talked about Urban, Urban Meyer not taking that zero four start that hard, and 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 now the the, the Jags are zero five. So yeah, yeah. So um, we're continuing. Uh, Derrick Henry is back to. Uh, Mid-season form. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what he does. Yep. He runs the ball 30 times. He gets 230 yards and three touchdowns. Yep. And he gets progressively better as the game goes yep. on because he just wears on him. He does. He does. Yeah. And and I think this is a trend that we've seen this season in Derrick Henry is that he starts off games a bit slower than normal, but then come the second half, he's just a completely different player. And I, right. I, I think we saw that in the Seattle game where, um, if I'm not mistaken, he had a uh, he, he had a 60 yard rushing touchdown, which pretty much blew the gates open against Seattle. So yeah, it, that that's what got him kind of back into that game. Yeah. Derrick Henry now the last two or three weeks has played absolutely incredible, and uh, you know it's it's good to see. It's good to see because you know he started the week uh, the year a little bit slower mm-hmm. than he had the last few. He's now showing that he hadn't really lost a step at all. Mm-hmm. It just was that you know they happened to have. A few weeks there, two or three weeks where he wasn't as good as normal. Yeah. Um, it's good to see him now back in midseason form. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the Jaguars' win isn't anything special. No, I mean, no, it's not. I mean, it's a it's win. Expected. It's a division win, so mm-hmm. that's nice. But uh, it's it's not anything to write home about, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but anyways, th- those are our players of the week. Josh Allen for the Bills had an amazing week against the Chiefs, and then Derrick Henry continuing to blow it up um, in the AFC. East? Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. AFC East, yeah. Um, Lamar, the NFL also had one other good game. This was last night um, as the Baltimore Ravens had an unbelievable comeback yeah. against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Lamar Jackson is a running back no more. He decided to become a quarterback last night. Yeah. Uh, he realized that, oh, I'm not actually listed as a running back on the depth chart. And so he's like, I can throw the ball? And so he did, and he threw the ball extremely well. He went 37 for 43, 
for 442 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, unbelievable come from behind win. Yeah. Uh, had one incompletion in the first half and was absolutely incredible all game, all the way through overtime. Yeah. Leading to that win. Yeah, I mean, uh, L- Lamar Jackson played terrifically. And I-, I think it's interesting because coming into the season, you saw those injuries to J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, Gus Edwards. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And and I think immediately after both of those guys got injured and you know we're we're going to be out for the season, I think everyone was like, okay, um, Lamar Jackson's going to have to be the running back for this team. But they've really changed their approach. And I mean, just like Jack said, he barely ran the ball. I mean, he still had sixty-two rushing yards, but but he's taken the game into a passing game instead of him on his feet. You know, picking up the he yards. looked a lot more comfortable in the pocket. Yeah, like, yeah. Normally, I feel like when Lamar would take off and run and even get like 20 yards mm-hmm. on a run and make a good play, he decided to sit back in the pocket and deliver a good pass. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that should be encouraging because we know he's still going to be able to run. But this also will hopefully add longevity to his career. Yeah. You see with guys that run like Cam Newton or whatever, they can tend to fall yeah. off once they kind of lose that athletic ability. Yeah. Especially just because, when they take hits. Just because they don't have that longevity that like a Tom Brady or Drew Brees did or Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Um, you know, those guys are able to play a long time mm-hmm. because they're able to sit back and deliver passes and just be a good game uh, commander, really, for yeah. that offense. No, exactly. And that's what we're kind of seeing Lamar Jackson um, B, I mean, he just ripped apart that Indianapolis yeah. Colts defense. Yeah, and and talking about passing, Lamar actually just set a new NFL record for completion percentage for quarterbacks with over forty pass attempts, and he set that record at eighty six percent. So he had an eighty six uh, completion percentage in this game, which is it was unbelievably insane. high. And it wasn't like they were all little dump down passes either. No, most a lot of them were deep shots. Yeah. too. Yeah. He played incredibly. I mean, obviously it was a slow start. You got down fast to the Carson Wentz led Colts. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Taylor played great for them. So shout out yeah, to him. He did. But um, you know the Colts. I mean the Colts played played looked like they played their guts out. But yeah, you know it was it was it was too much. Lamar Jackson played. Too too yeah. good of a game, a near perfect game that a quarterback can yeah. have. Yeah, uh, he looked unbelievable. Yeah, and then you know because L- Lamar's only the quarterback, you need someone on the other side to really, not I mean obviously to catch the ball, but to make that difference for the receiving side of, the, of of things. And so I do want to shout out two guys in particular. I think Mark Andrews had a fantastic. Mark game. Andrews was he had yeah. both two point conversions. Yeah, uh, he had two touchdown passes yeah. catches. Uh, he he has the tight end over there in Baltimore played yeah. an absolutely stellar game. Yeah, so last so, night. Yeah, so Mark Andrews had a great game, 147 yards, two touchdowns, as Jack said, and then Marquise Brown, who earlier on in the season had struggles, especially against Detroit, when he dropped two touchdowns. But in this game, he had nine catches, 125 yards, and two touchdowns to see. Well, to 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 basically come back against the Colts when they were down 22 to three towards the end of the third quarter. Yes, 22 to three. That's yeah. crazy. Crazy comeback. Yeah. A um, lot of overtime games this week. Yes. Also. Yes. A lot of overtime games. And also with that Colts team, I mean, Rodrigo Blankenship had some struggles. He did. He did. Uh, yeah. Kickers had struggles in general this was, weekend. It was a bad kicker week. Um, 13 missed extra points is the most extra points missed ever in one weekend in wow. NFL history. Yeah. Uh, it was it's hard to overstate how bad it was. It's pretty embarrassing. I mean, yes, the NFL moved back the PAT try, you know, maybe 15, 20 yards, but these are easy chip shots that these professionals should be making, so. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, it was it was really bad, mm-hmm. particularly in that Green Bay uh, Bengals game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, nobody could make a field goal. No, nobody. No. Yeah, it got really bad. I think they missed like six in yeah. the last like three minutes of the game mm-hmm. plus overtime. Yeah. It was horrendous, and it then was. finally Crosby knocked one through. Yeah, uh, to finish it, but it was it yeah. was hard to watch. Uh, I thought that game was getting into a tie because I was yeah. like, unless some team finds the end zone, like this is not going to end. Yeah, these teams are playing too bad, mm-hmm. too bad. It, no, exactly. it, like uh, the kickers specifically, the teams were getting them in field goal range. They were, yeah, uh, but they just could not kick it through. Uh, you know, NFL should consider taking kicking out of the game, make it a little more professional. Um, it it was it was really really yeah. bad. Uh, you know that that Packers Bengals game though did give me hope of one day becoming an NFL kicker. Yeah, uh, I think those guys are gonna be. I think if I started today, I could probably get there in a year based <laughs> on how much talent they showed. Yeah, uh, but it was bad. Yeah, but but anyways, that that Green Bay Bengals game it was a great game until you got into the last you know two minutes thirty seconds of the fourth quarter because I've got it right here, so I'll, I'll just read it to you, I guess. So with two minutes and fourteen seconds in the fourth. Mason Crosby misses a 36-yard field goal. These are all to take the lead, yeah. by the way. Yeah, these are every, all to take the lead. Every yeah. single one of these field goals that he's about to read yeah. is to win the game. Yeah, so so Crosby misses a 36-yard field goal, gives it to Bengals. Bengals with 26 seconds left, and they miss a 57-yard field goal. And then with three seconds left, the Packers have the ball again, and Crosby, with the chance to win it, misses a 51-yard field goal. And now you're tied... What is it, 22-22? Going into overtime? Some in the 20s, they were going to overtime, yeah. And then you go into overtime, Crosby has a 40-yard attempt, misses that. Then with four minutes left, McPherson has a 49-yard attempt, misses that as well. And then finally, Mason Crosby put everyone out of their misery, and he made a 49-yard field goal, which, you know, he he missed easier ones before that, but... My gosh, it was, a, it was a pretty embarrassing end to the game. It was it was it was embarrassing for both teams. I think we were all just happy it was over. That was the real win. Yeah, that was the real win of the game. Yeah, I don't, I don't think any kicker should take credit for the game winner. Yeah. Nobody had a game winner. That yeah. was you got lucky one time. Exactly for Crosby. And I mean credit bad. to both of those offenses to even just get their kickers into those positions to go for the game winning field goal. You know, so right. Anyways, um, moving on now though, we do want to talk about. Probably the biggest story of the week um, in terms of football, and that's John Gruden resigning from the Las Vegas Raiders after some comments that he made, whether that was straight up to someone's uh, it was someone face to face, emails, other comments over the years. Um, I mean, I'm just gonna say it. I, I think it's really disappointing. Um, obviously, everyone's entitled to their own opinions and beliefs, but it's disappointing to hear that someone would use those kinds of words to describe other coworkers, other people in the industry, like Roger Goodell. You know, he talks about coaches um, behind their backs, things like that. And it's it's disturbing, you know, knowing that there's yeah. someone like that in the league. And then you as a Raiders fan now have to kind of be like, okay, this is obviously a major mm-hmm. distraction. We're having a pretty good season so far. Yeah. You know, have playoff hopes mm-hmm. and aspirations that we have the talent to make come true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you've got this massive big uh, off-the-field yeah. distraction. Um you know, I mean, how do you? What do you think about you know now? Uh, you know, filling that void and moving on. How do you think the Raiders are going to respond? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's definitely interesting. Um, I, you know, a part of me says that you know Gruden leaving is going to help the team just move on and just start playing the way they want to play. Because I think 
getting away from a coach and their coaching style um, can be a bit freeing for athletes. I think sometimes they feel a yeah. bit contained within the the coach's play scheme, whether that's in football or soccer or, uh, you know, a- any other sport, you know, players will always feel kind of contained in that head coach's style. And so I think this could be a good thing for the Raiders. I think they could come out of this and be like, you know what? Nobody thinks that we're going to do anything. No one thinks that we're going to make anything out of this season. And so we're just going to fight like hell to to play hard, you know? And so I think that's the good part that can come out of it. The bad part is that you've got some young rookies like Ruggs, or sorry, you know, rookies from last season and, you know, people like Josh Jacobs, um, Ruggs, Brian Edwards that are trying to develop. And now that the head coach that they've been under for their short time in the NFL is gone, you know, you're just kind of like, I'm not sure what's going to happen to them. I mean, or or the team, uh, you know. Yeah, this but. this feels like a time to either rally or just stay defeated. Yeah. Uh, and I think that depends on a lot of how the interim coach handles the situation yeah. uh, in Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, I do believe, though, uh, what I would love to see happen, uh, I guess kind of long term, I would love to see, at least for the Super Bowl halftime show, an Urban Meyer, John Gruden fight to the death. Um I feel like ratings would be sky high for that. Yes. Uh, you know, it'd be the Super Bowl halftime show. You could still have singing and performances. Yeah. Uh, you know, the winner gets to keep his job <laughs> in the NFL. Uh, the loser dies. Um, it would be high stakes for high ratings. Yeah. That's what I would call it if I were pitching this to Roger right. Goodell. Um, I would look forward to that. I think more than the game. You know, maybe Eminem could play the real Slim Shady while they fight. Yeah. I don't know. I think that sweet. could be fun. Uh, who knows? You know, maybe maybe you get Booger McFarlane and Joe Rogan to be on the call. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. Uh, everybody wins. Everybody except the person that dies, but everybody else wins. Um, you know, saves a dude's job. Think about it that way. Yep. Think about it that yeah. way. But but anyways, you know, again, it's just obviously people are entitled to their own beliefs, whatever they want to say. You know, they can say, but again, it's just disappointing, and you're just kind of. I mean, I I don't know how other people feel, but. I was a bit stunned. I mean, part of me knew that Gruden was this kind of, you know, that he he had this, or sorry, he portrayed himself as this kind of guy that just didn't didn't allow for any kind of crap. But you know, I I just thought you know it was just kind of disappointing to see what what happened. Right. Right. Um. And and anyways, the 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 interim head coach for the Las Vegas Raiders that's coming in has actually worked with Gruden in the past, and he actually won Super Bowl thirty seven with John Gruden which is played against the Raiders in, in 2003, right. um, nonetheless. And so it's, uh, it, it's, it's going to be Rich Bisaccia, who has 19 years of experience in college football, having coached with Clemson, South Carolina, and Ole Miss. And so I'm not sure how that's going to translate, but he's been the assistant head coach for the Raiders and the special teams coordinator uh, with us under John Gruden um, for the last three to four years. And so, I mean, whatever happens, the season happens. But, yeah, it's definitely not what you want to have happen um five weeks into the season so no i i agree with you i think i mean he's obviously a seasoned coach he's probably Mm -hmm. he probably knows a little bit about what he's doing after that many years of experience um one thing before we do move on if they were to fight urban meyer and john gruden who would you have winning i gotta go with my my uh my main man chucky john gruden is gonna win that i think john gruden will win i don't john gruden is tough yeah he he would fight tooth and nail i feel like 
I don't feel like Urban Meyer. I mean, both guys are pretty old, but Urban Meyer's got a bit more health issues. I feel like he's probably a bit more out of shape. John Gruden, just the mentality that dude's got. Yeah. Uh, I feel like he's a little bit more of a fighter. Yeah. Got a little bit more fight in him. So yeah. I would put my money on John Gruden. I think mm-hmm. Vegas would probably have their money on him, too. Yeah. Um, you know, there's 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 betting for everything with a yep. Super Bowl halftime show. Yep, yep. Literally everything. Definitely. But, but anyways, though, moving on to our next segment, um... We're still going to talk about some NFL topics, but this is a new segment called Overreactions or Not. And so, Jack, I'm going to open the floor to you for this one. So I'm going to um, list a few topics, and you let me know if this is an overreaction right. or if it's not. And and you you guys at home, feel free to comment down below what your thoughts are on uh, you know what what your your thoughts are. Excuse me on these topics because we would love to hear them. So um, without further ado, so let's get into the first topic. So. Overreaction or not, the Kansas City Chiefs are in trouble. Oh, it's not. Uh, by by saying they're in trouble, I'm taking that as there's a possibility they don't make the postseason. That's what I'm 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 taking it as that. So I think there's a chance they don't. Mm-hmm. Now, do they have extreme talent? Do they still have Travis Kelsey and Hill, Tyreek Hill, and Patrick Mahomes on offense? Yes. Yeah. Are those guys all awesome? And Probably still great offensively, yes. Yeah. So, like, they're by no means out of the race. Mm-hmm. Um, but this trend that they're on right now is not good. Yeah. Um, that said, they have lost to a lot of very good teams. Mm-hmm. They've not really lost to anybody that you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow, wow, wow. That's really yeah. bad. Yeah. They haven't had one of those. Um, we're still waiting on that one. Yep. But they've played poor enough against the good teams yep. that even if they did make the playoffs as like a six or seven seed, yeah. which I think it would have to be that. I don't yep. think there's any way they get a. No. I don't think they're getting home field at all. No, it's gonna be tough, especially considering that they're still gonna play the Chargers, who have been pretty outstanding. So yeah, there's just so many good teams in that you know that conference that yeah. they they'll be like a six or seven team and lose in the first round probably. Yep. I think that's probably their ceiling for this season. Yeah. I think they had Super Bowl aspirations because why shouldn't they? But yeah. you know, this is not this is not the season for them. It feels like Definitely. everybody else is kind of having some of their best seasons in a long time, like the Chargers, mm-hmm. like the Bills, and then they there they are, and they're having one of their worst seasons in yeah. recent memory. So. Definitely, yeah, and 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 I think this is a bit of a testament to the idea that offenses can't sustain. An NF- can't can't win you championships in the NFL for very long because yeah. again when 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 Mahomes and the Chiefs made it to the uh, to the um, Super Bowl and, and and when they won um, against the Niners you know th- th- that was a fantastic season but their defense then was great now their defense as of right now they're ranked 31st in the NFL averaging 43.4 sorry. 437.4 yards given up per game. And you're just never going to win a game when you give up that many They're the 31st worst defense in the NFL right now, yeah. which is the second to worst. Yeah. Which you you can't have a playoff team and be that yeah. bad. Yeah. It is tough to – like you have to have an absolutely explosive offense. But, I mean, the thing is once you get to the playoffs, all those teams have good offenses. Yeah. But the thing is they also have good defenses. Yeah. If you don't have a good defense, then you're not going to be able to keep up. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. Because then you're not going to be able to stop them. And they still need a few stops on you, and they've won the game yeah, right there. exactly. So I, I think that's not an overreaction whatsoever. I think the Chiefs need to find a way to turn around quickly. Mm-hmm. I think their defense is aging. they got a lot of really old guys. I think they're yeah. slow. Yeah. Uh, I think that, uh, 
you know, offensively, they're still very, very good, but they got to figure out a way to turn around quick. Yeah, for sure. And so, so anyways, moving on to the next topic, overreaction or not, Jack, the Dallas Cowboys will make it to the playoffs. Oh, they definitely will. I mean, thinking about their division, I mean, they're going to be better than Washington, the Eagles. I mean, the Giants, they just killed the Giants this last weekend. They looked awesome against mm-hmm. them, beat them by double digits. They beat the Eagles by double digits the yep. week before. Yep. So they're going to win their division. They're definitely going to make the playoffs. It's really more of a question of can they make a Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got some really, really talented guys on offense. they got a two-man punch at running back with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, yeah. uh, both of which has had, have had really good seasons for them. Wide receiver C.D. Lamb's a stud. So is uh, Amari Cooper. I mean, you Michael Gallup. You've got a bunch of really, yep. really good offensive players. And yep. then defensively, you have some of the best. You uh, you know, you've had some great defensive yep. guys step yep. up this year. Um, you know, last year they were not good defensively. No. This no, year they not. have improved dramatically. And yep. like we talked about, if you have a solid defense and a really good offense, that's enough to carry you far. Yep, definitely. Um, and Dak Prescott's having an MVP level season. Yeah. Whether he'll win it or not is greatly up to debate. But yeah. uh, he, he is he is having a fantastic season too. Yeah. And so on the topic of Cowboys and their defense, I do want to talk about Trevon Diggs. So overreaction or not. Trayvon Diggs will win NFC Defensive Player of the Year. Well, if he keeps having an interception every game, he will. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he has, what, six, six interceptions yeah. in five games? Yeah, six through five. Six interceptions in five games is, like, nearly impossible to do. That is so, so tough. Yeah. I mean, and it's not like he had one game with three interceptions. He had every game with one interception and one game he had two. Yep. I mean, he is unbelievable. Like, Dak Prescott was quoted as saying, I don't even throw to him in practice. Yeah. Like, he is that good. He is one of the best corners in the NFL right now, and that man is still very, very young. Um, I'm extremely excited uh, to see what he'll become in, you know, in the future. I think he has a chance to be absolutely um, extraordinary. Um, I do have two more things uh, before we move off of NFL. Uh, First off, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster um, currently is taking time off football to focus on TikTok. Um, in an interview Monday, he said, football's always been a distraction for me in my TikTok career. Um, so I'm personally happy for him. You know, he gets to focus now on what he loves. Yep. Um, you know, I'm sure Steelers fans are probably happy also that he's not there anymore. I mean, he, after his rookie season, really has fallen off, and now with an injury too. Yep. Uh, you know, you his career's kind of really gone downhill. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's been tough. Yeah. It's been tough for him. Yeah. Uh, the other one has to do with the Detroit Lions. I don't know if you saw that game. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the coach crying. Yes, I did. Yeah. Uh, in an interview. press conference. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, that guy shows heart, at least. At least he's not pulling a, uh, what's his face? Uh, Jags coach, Urban Meyer. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, it was, man, the Lions are 0 5. Uh, they're going through it. Their fans are going through mm-hmm. it. Uh, you know, it, it's been really, really, really tough for them. Um, I mean, they lost on a last-second field goal. Yeah. And a game that they were winning yep. with, like, a minute left. Yeah, I mean, they, they came back and took the lead over over um, the the Vikings. And then, and then the Vikings just marched on the field and... Kick the game winner. I mean, oh, goodness, it's it, it's definitely uh, and that's not a the first time loss. that's happened yeah. for them this season too. Exactly. 
That's not the first time. It's a yeah. sad life as a Lions fan, I'm it sure. Yeah. It's got to be tough as a Detroit fan in general. <laughs> Think about their sports teams. I mean, we, we beat up on them a few weeks ago, so I'm going to try and avoid doing yeah, that Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. But my goodness. Yeah. Tigers are sucking in baseball. Lions have always sucked in football. So. The Pistons have not been good in years. I mean, it's it's bad. Yeah. It's bad, bad. I mean, yeah, I feel bad for the Lions. I, like, yeah. genuinely feel bad for the Lions. Yeah. Especially after that interview where your coach is crying because yeah. he's saying how hard the players played. Yeah. And they still lost on a heartbreaking last-second yep. field goal. I mean, yep. my goodness. Yeah. How tough is that? Yeah. But but anyways, folks, that's going to wrap up our NFL segment. And, Jack, I think you've got some college football stuff you want to talk about? Yeah. This weekend in college football uh, was on another level. It was awesome. Uh, I have not seen this good of games in a long time. Uh, we'll just go in chronological order of the day. Uh First game, first two games of the day were both 11 o'clock games. Uh, you had the Texas-Oklahoma game, uh, the Red River rivalry, uh, very tough to say, uh, with the R's. Um, but that the big storyline from that is Spencer Rattler getting benched. Um, you know, it Spencer Rattler, um, he was on that show QB1 on Netflix. Oh. I watched that show. He is not a likable guy. No. I don't think he's a very good locker room guy. He's not a leader. Um, he's not a guy that takes much personal responsibility. Um, he doesn't seem to be a guy that can bounce back from getting benched for the second straight year now yeah. to a backup quarterback. This is the second time this has now happened. Spencer Rattler was 8 for 15 with one interception. Granted, he did have one touchdown and 11, uh, 111 yards when he got benched. Which is not terrible. If you look at his stats over the season, too, he's been decent. Mm -hmm. But for a guy that was supposed to be the best quarterback in college football, it's underwhelming. you expect yeah. more than decent. For sure. Um, and then what happened was, I mean, Caleb Williams came in and just turned it around. I mean, Texas really choked it. Yeah. They were up 41-23 uh, to 23 in the third quarter. And then they lost that game 40, uh, what was it, 48-41? to 41? Or No, they scored another touchdown. So it would have been... Uh, 50, what, 55 to 48, yeah. I think. 55 48. Um, you know, Texas came out the gate so hot. They were up 28 7 at the end of the first. Um, and then they benched Spencer Rattler. Caleb Williams came in, had a massive run uh, on a fourth down, uh, you know, scored a touchdown there. Came in and just started slinging it. Um, you know, I think this probably is a permanent change. Yeah. I think Spencer Rattler will probably end up transferring. Caleb Williams is a stud. He was the number one recruit uh, for dual-threat quarterbacks coming out of high school. Uh, he's a really good quarterback. He's a freshman. Yeah. Um, so I would not be shocked if this is the end of Spencer Rattler mm -hmm. at Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, we saw the boos against West Virginia. Yep. I mean, he got booed at home. Yeah. There were we-want-Caleb chants yep. at home. Yeah. Uh, so this has been a long-time-coming type of thing, I think. Uh, he played terrible against Tulane also. He's had a severely underwhelming season. Yeah, and And also the fact that when when the rest of his teammates were celebrating their their win this weekend, I saw a video of him just walking off the field. Yeah, and and I, I think that just says quite a bit about his character. You know, someone that wants to be in the limelight, the one that wants to march his, his team down and get that win. Obviously, he wants to be a part of that, but the thing is, he needs to realize that nothing's bigger than the team. Right, and he's not bigger than the team for sure. Um, 
but yeah, I think that just says a lot about his character. Yeah, and I think also it's interesting how Lincoln Riley, the coach of Oklahoma, has kind of responded to this. You know, he didn't let Caleb Williams take the stand at the press conference. I think he's trying to kind of reevaluate this week to see what direction mm-hmm. they want to head in. I don't think he wants to commit right now to yeah. one way or the other because of that talent Spencer Rattler does have, but that he's not really executing yeah. on Saturdays. Um, I don't think he wants to commit because of that. Um, but, yeah, he also, I mean, people, like, ask him about Caleb Williams, obviously, Caleb Williams, yeah. and uh, he he mentioned, like, oh, yeah, and by the way, like, Spencer Rattler, he came in for one two-point conversion, and they converted it. Yeah. Like, that was the one play he had. Yeah. That was it. And besides that, he did not play well. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's a big storyline, you know, as, as a guy that was supposed to be the best quarterback in the country coming yeah. into this season. I mean, he got benched five weeks in. Uh, which is no easy feat. Yeah. Um, another game, I think you watched this one because you were texting me about it, Ole Miss-Arkansas. Yeah. Um, that game was incredible. Um, that game ended 51-52. to 52. Um, Both offenses for both teams in that second half could not be stopped. Yeah. And it was because of the, it wasn't like the defenses played bad. Those mm-hmm. offenses no. were just awesome. Yeah. I mean, so they were making so many plays. Um, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, you had towards the end of the game, you know, Arkansas scored to tie it up, and then Ole Miss got the ball back with like a minute left. And Ole Miss was playing so good, I'm like, well, that's too much time. And Ole Miss scored literally the next yeah, play. Yeah, exactly. Literally, like no other pl- literally the next play they scored. And I was like, well, that's too much time. Yeah. You just gave it back to Arkansas yeah. with way too much time there. Yeah. And then Arkansas drove it down. They marched down the field, yeah. And they, they did a little bit better time management once they got the ball back. But they got the ball back, and they scored a touchdown with just a few mm-hmm. seconds left in that game. Yeah. Uh, I like the decision to go for two at the end. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a conservative um, kind of guy when it comes to sports. So I would kick the PAT and take it to overtime. I mean, I get it. You, 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 know, you, you want to win the game then and there. You don't want to have to give the ball back to the other team, knowing that their offense— has been killing your defense the entire day. Right. So, but that's my take. Absolutely. Obviously, I'm sure their coach knows much better than me. Well, but. on the other side, though, their offense has been killing your defense. Yeah. I feel like you don't have the opportunity. I mean, you're two yards away from the goal yeah. line. Now, the issue where I take the part that I have a problem with is that they have a quarterback that's massive and can run. Yeah. And you're on the two yard line and yeah. you don't do like mm-hmm. a quarterback draw. Yep. And give him a chance yeah. to go up the middle. Yeah. I have an issue that it was a pass play with him rolling out. Yeah, um, I feel like Ole Miss probably saw that coming. If they, it's a quarterback draw up the middle, I think that's a that's a winning has play for yeah, Arkansas. Yeah, has to be. Yeah, he's so athletic and he's so big, and that offensive line was getting yeah. pushed all day. Yeah, um, I feel like that's an easy easy mm-hmm. two point conversion if you just run it with yeah. your quarterback, just direct snap to him, take it up the middle. I feel like that's a winner for them. Yeah. Um, so I like I like the decision to go for two. I don't like the play call. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, you know I I think that's the way to say it. Going for two was fine. The play call though should have been better. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it gave him a chance to win, and mm-hmm. it, one of the most fun games I've watched in a long time. I yeah. mean, that game was absolutely mesmerizing. Yeah. If you were watching yeah. it, you could not look away. Um, another game. Uh, this one's more surprising. This doesn't have to do as much with the game. Uh, Wake Forest is undefeated. Uh, Wake Forest football is not historically good, but they're six and zero. How they're six and zero, I have no idea. They had an overtime win against Syracuse uh, by three, so that's a big win. I just want to say shout out Wake Forest, six and zero Wake Forest. Never would have thunk it going into the season. 
the fact that they don't have a loss astounds me. Um, now, another game that was awesome was Iowa-Penn State. Now, this yes. was number three versus number four. Um, two really big Big Ten teams going at it. Uh, and the the real backbreaker for Penn State was Clifford getting hurt uh, and then Roberson coming in and playing terribly. Uh, you know, Clifford was playing good. When he got hurt, they were up by seven. It was only the second quarter. And then after he got hurt, they only scored three points the rest of the game. And that's where the real issue was. Uh, Roberson, the backup quarterback to Clifford, threw seven for 21 for 34 yards and two interceptions. Yikes. Which is Dude. a – that's a terrible stat line. Oh. <laughs> like, that's awful. God. Um, you will definitely lose that game if your quarterback performs like yeah. that. Um, even then, like, Penn State was able to hold back Iowa for most of the game. I mean, yeah. Iowa – the fact that Iowa barely won that game mm-hmm. uh, speaks volumes to how good Penn State is. If Clifford stays in, Penn State wins that game pretty handily. Um, but because he gets hurt – Iowa's able to win at home. You know, they storm the field, whatever, have a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, big game for Iowa. Iowa's now number two in the country. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many people saw that coming to start the season. Uh, you know, there are definitely teams that we thought would be better than them. Uh, I don't think they would be in that position, frankly, had Penn State won that game, though, and Clifford not gotten hurt. I think that was the difference. I think, I think that Penn State's a better team, but... Yeah. We'll see. There's a lot of season left to be played. Yeah, uh, I will probably drop one eventually because there are a lot of other really good Big Ten teams like Michigan and Michigan State this year and Ohio State, obviously. Um, so there's plenty of room for error for this Iowa team. Um, now, that said, uh, Michigan, a team I just mentioned, barely escaped Nebraska by three. This is a game Jackson talked about last week um, on the show. Uh, saying that this is a game that Michigan could slip up in, and they almost did. Yeah. Nebraska held their own definitely. Nebraska's not necessarily had the um, the best of seasons. Scott Frost, you know, has kind of struggled there at Nebraska, but it's good to see them, uh, you know, kind of having one of their best games in a while. Michigan felt like they were due for one, uh, and they almost were, but they were able to narrowly escape on the road. Um, and then one more game, LSU loses to Kentucky. Uh, this is another kind of shout-out one. Kentucky's not a historically good football team. I think this is the the first time they've been this good, really, since probably Bear Bryant was there. And that was years ago. Bear Bryant, obviously, being one of the best college football coaches ever at Kentucky and then at Alabama afterwards. Um, you know, I mean, he just... That that Bob Stoops team, uh, they're, they're, they're good. Um you know they're they're really really good defensively. They're now number I think eleven in the country. They play Georgia this weekend, which will be fun. Georgia beating up on Auburn this last Saturday. Georgia's defense is so elite. Um, that'll be a low scoring one because both defenses are so good. But we'll see what happens. Um, you know I, I hope I hope kind of hope Kentucky wins. If yeah. I'm being honest, simply because they're an underdog that I would love to see be awesome. Yep. If Kentucky beats Georgia, I'd lose my mind. Yeah. Like that that's one of the even though Kentucky's undefeated, yeah. it's like one of those where it's like they're they're so much smaller. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. They're just so much smaller that yeah. you love to see it. Anyway. Yeah. Uh I think Jackson now will probably yeah. help you out. Yeah, he'll for he will help you out make those picks for sure. He'll so. he'll he'll help make your life better. Yeah. If you feel sad, if you feel miserable, if you have money troubles, turn to Jackson. Yep. 
that's the only smart way to do. Some people say invest in stocks, other businesses, diversify assets. We say no. We say go straight to Vegas, baby, with Jackson. Jackson, we're turning it over to you, man. See you, man. Take it. Hello again, sports fans. I'm back for this week's picks. Not so good last week. One in four. It's atrocious, I know. Now I'm losing overall, 14, 15, and 1. I'm very disappointed in myself. So I gotta go back to my roots. I gotta start picking with my gut again. Quit looking at numbers, quit qu stop crunching numbers. I just have five gut picks, looked at the lines, decided which one I like best. Pick number one, Texas money line versus Oklahoma State. I think Texas has it figured out. They just need to figure out their defense. I think they'll figure it out this week against Oklahoma State. I don't think Oklahoma State's offense is stellar. I think Texas' offense is stellar. They'll figure it out this week and get the win against Oklahoma State. Pick number two, Arkansas, minus three and a half versus Auburn. I don't think Auburn's good. I think Arkansas is decent. They've shown that through their four and two record, two wins versus top 25 teams. I think Arkansas wins by at least a touchdown. So I pick Arkansas minus three and a half. Alabama, Minus 17 versus uh, Mississippi State. I think the Tide and Saban are pissed off because of their loss last week to A&M. I know I'm angry about it because I lost that game. Uh, I think they come out and blow the doors off of Mississippi State, win by at least 21. So I'm picking them minus 17. You should too. Next game up, I have Syracuse plus 14 versus Clemson. I don't know if Syracuse wins this game. I think they keep it a lot closer. It's in the Orange Dome in New York. They have a fun mascot. Syracuse does. I pick Syracuse plus 14. They always keep it close with Clemson and Syracuse. So, take them. Next game, it's a Friday game, so get bet this, bet this pick pretty quick before Saturday. Oregon minus 13.5 versus Cal. I don't think Cal's good. They're 1-4 this season. Oregon, top 10 team. I think they win by at least two touchdowns. Take them, minus 13.5. I have a real quick, can't lose parlay, gut pick edition. Nebraska, minus 3.5 at Minnesota. I think Nebraska's figured it out a little bit. I think they'll win this game against Minnesota. Giants, money line versus Dodgers at the Thursday game. I think... The Dodgers are good. I think the Giants are good. I think the Giants are better. Take Giants money line. They'll go. They'll go on to the NLCS. Next game, I have Cards plus three at Browns to finish the can't lose parlay. I don't know how the Cardinals are underdogs in this game. I think they're the best team in the NFL. I think they'll beat the Browns by at least a touchdown. So take Cardinals plus three at Browns. That's your five picks and a can't lose parlay. That's a lot of money. Thanks. See you next week. All right, Jackson, thank you so much for those picks. Again, everyone at home, make sure to listen to Jackson. Um, but anyways, we're going to talk about some baseball now on the podcast. We haven't talked about baseball at all, but now that we the postseason started. We talked about it a bit started, last time. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, did last that's time. That's true. Yeah, 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 just a little bit. But now that the postseason is in full gear, we're going to talk about some controversial calls. One controversial call for sure that... I know a lot of Tampa Bay Ray fans were pretty pissed about. Mm. And that was in Game 3 of the Rays-Boston Red Sox ALDS game. And basically what happened in this game, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of you at home know what happened, but 
I just want to give some context. What happened was that the ball was hit towards right field, and the, 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 the Fenway Park right field wall is pretty darn short. Right. And so what happened was that the ball bounced off the right field wall, hit the ground, and then it hit Hunter Renfro's hip and actually ended up going over the wall. And so everyone was kind of like, okay, do they let the guys batting and on base continue running because technically the ball was in play and then it went out of play so they can keep going? Or do they call it a ground rule double? And this this really pissed off a lot of Tampa Bay Rays fans, but they called it a ground rule, rule double, which essentially left it so there would be a man on second and third because during that bat, there's a man on first base. And so in a ground rule double, obviously anyone on base or batting moves up two spaces, or sorry, two bases. And so the, the Rays had a chance to score one run for sure. If they let the, 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 the play continue, then obviously it would be two just because they couldn't get the ball out of the bullpen, but that was a pretty controversial call. Yeah, it was. I mean, that's a heartbreaking series. Yeah. I mean, just considering the, the walk-offs and stuff like yeah. that that Boston had against Tampa, who was a great team yeah. all season, 100-win team mm-hmm. uh, when it was all said and done. They lose 3-1, to one. you know, yeah. this last game losing 5-6. to six. Boston got up early, you know. Yeah. They did. Uh, they got up. Uh, five to nothing uh, in the third, and then in the starting in the fifth, they started this rally to come back and tie it, going mm-hmm. into the ninth. Uh, and then Boston just hits a, a sacrifice fly to left, yeah. and uh, you know they ended up getting a run in off of that and winning the series. Uh, you know, which has got to be pretty crushing to the yeah. Tampa Bay Rays fans. They had an unbelievable season. Yeah. Uh, to lose to Boston uh, in that fashion, you yeah. know, it's a little bit heartbreaking for them. But, exactly. Uh, you know, that's the that's that's playoff baseball for you. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, exactly. that's how it goes. So yeah. uh, anyway, uh, you know, there are a lot of, lot of other games that have also happened. Yeah. yeah. That we've gotten to see. And then um, and then moving on to the other ALCS. Sorry, the other ALDS games and series, uh, which was between the Astros and the White Sox. They actually finished up today um, due to a postponement of the game yesterday because of weather. And so the Astros, as much as I hate saying this because I'm not a big Astros guy just because of what happened back in 2017, but the Astros are looking pretty darn unbeatable at the moment. Today they beat the White Sox 10-1 to yeah. um, to, to move on to the ALCS where they'll play the Boston Red Sox. But... Man, the Astros are just good through and through. I think when you look at their batting order, just from one to nine, I don't think there's really many holes other than maybe Maldonado and Kyle Tucker, but even those guys are able to kind of flip the batting order and, you know, send it back up top. Yeah, they absolutely dominated, uh, you know, the White Sox today. I mean, they they won 10-1. Yeah. And that one run... Uh, that one run that the uh, Sox had early was in the second. Yeah. So, I mean... They went on a 10-0 run. Yeah. I mean, and they there was no stopping them, really. Uh, that run starting in the third and going all the way through the ninth, uh, they just kind of poured it on. And yeah. uh, Houston, Houston's kind of catching fire right now, which yeah. is exactly what you want in postseason play. Yep. Uh, they won that series 3-1. Yep. And then right now, moving over to the NL side of things, um, the Giants are actually playing the Dodgers right now in Game 4 of the NLDS You want a score series. update? Yeah, let's do okay, it. Okay, so right now it's the second. The Dodgers are up one nothing. All right. Uh, so there's a chance this game goes to five, uh, or the series goes to five. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens, though. Uh, the Giants currently up 
2-1 right now. Yeah. Uh, we won't know what the final score is probably during this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. That's been a fun series, mm-hmm. all series long. Definitely. Um, and then, you know, the other uh, series, obviously, uh, in the NLDS is the Brewers-Braves. Mm-hmm. The Braves uh, getting it done um, against the Brewers, uh, you know, 5-4 today. Um, you know, that's a big win to be yep. able to move on also. Yep. You know, winner of winner of that playing, uh, you know, advancing obviously. Yeah. Uh, so, it's been fun playoff baseball so far. Uh, you know, we'll see if this series goes to five. So we have a series go yeah, to five already. Exactly. Uh, we haven't had one of those elimination games mm-hmm. for uh, winner go home games is mm-hmm. a better way to put it. We yeah. haven't had a winner go home game quite yet. Yeah. Uh, those are always the most fun. Definitely. Um, as a fan, it's always a little rattling when you're a yeah. fan of one of the teams, but as just a fan of sports, it's mm-hmm. more fun for, for me. Yeah, so definitely. I would love for that to yeah. go to five. Yeah, and and I do want to just shout out C.J. Weslow and Nick, Nick Giramonti. Good luck with the Giants tonight. I know you guys are watching right now. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. But anyways, that's, that's going to be the end of our baseball wrap-up, but we're going to move on to soccer now where, where we have – Two pretty big topics that I want to get to. Oh yeah, let's um, let's let's go to so you think you think you know about soccer. Yeah. So first off, on Saturday, um, oh my gosh, I don't even know if it's Saturday or Sunday. I'm my honestly my my days are so mixed up. But the the UEFA Nations League final play was played between France and Spain. France ended up winning this game one to nothing on a very 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 controversial goal. All right. What so, what, hap- what happened? Wait. So who are the kind? It's France and who? France and Spain. All right. So basically, late on in the game, Kylian Mbappe, a forward for France, he makes a run in an offside position, right? And the ball gets played to him while he's in an offside position. He he receives the ball and he scores. And immediately, I I, I mean, even myself, I was like, okay, there's no way that's going to stand because he was offside. But the referee let the goal stand, even after looking at it on VAR and having people in, 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 the, in the review booths take a look at it, they still called it a goal, which was pretty ridiculous to me because it was, he, he, was, he was clearly offside. Um, the ref French? I don't know. I, <laughs> I think don't he's know. English. I, I think he's English, but he yeah. should hate France. Yeah. What in the what in the world? <laughs> yeah, but you would think that he would just call it offsides just cause. <laughs> As an English man, yeah, that, that's that's not for queen and country there. That's that's terrible. Yeah, that's horrendous. I'm sure Elizabeth's very disappointed in that. <laughs> yeah, but but anyways, basically, you know, everyone after the game was pretty frustrated just because you know the goal that was scored was not a legitimate goal. France didn't deserve it. Spain definitely did not deserve that bad call to go against them. And and the the referee actually explained um, post game. Uh, he, he said, um, Garcia, Eric Garcia, the center back that was defending Kylian Mbappe, he said, Eric Garcia played and touched the ball, and although he touched it ever so slightly, the offside was essentially canceled because of the new passage of play that transpired. So, essentially in soccer, this is how I've learned it, and I think this is how everyone, you know, kind of, you know, plays with this rule, is that if there's someone in an offside position and someone makes a pass to them, the play's called off, because if you're in, in if you are in an offside position, you are technically out of the question. You shouldn't be able to affect the game being in an illegal position. Right. And so in this instance, Mbappe, who was probably maybe an inch or two offside, 
he affected the play because he forced Eric Garcia to make that trek over to the right-hand side and touch the ball. And so I'm, I, I, I'm still baffled at the fact that this wasn't called offside just because it's pretty simple. If someone's in an offside position and they make, sorry, and, and they affect the play by having someone having to come over and cover them, it shouldn't count. Yeah. Um, and, and basically, you know, um, yeah, Garcia was forced to make the play even though Mbappe was in the offside position. And, you know, I mean, everyone's kind of, everyone kind of has the same thought that it shouldn't have counted. But when you actually look at the rules, the actual, the, the, the legitimate rules say it's a correct call. But the problem with this is that everyone who's played soccer feels that these rules have been made by people who don't understand the game and have not played it. Because it's a very different game to call when you're watching versus when you're playing because there's just so much there's there's so much in between that you get from playing versus watching the games. Right. I'm just mainly shocked that there's post-game interviews with referees. Yeah. That's my main takeaway from yeah. this. Is there are now post-game interviews with referees. Now I know it. I didn't know it before. Yeah. Thank you soccer. Yeah. But um but anyways, that that was a huge um controversy um this weekend and then this isn't super new it's in, uh sorry this isn't super new information but i did want to talk about this and so moving to the premier league which is in england newcastle united just changed ownership so the original owner of newcastle uh, of newcastle was mike ashley he, he was the owner from 2007 to uh, you could 2021. say under his tenure it was now old castle yeah, it yeah. was newcastle now it's old <laughs> castle <laughs> yeah Exactly. Yeah. But, so but, under the old castle, this guy was in charge. Yeah, under old castle, yeah. Mike Ashley was in charge. Um, over the last few seasons, Newcastle fans have been pretty frustrated with how he's, you know, pretty much managed the team. Um, people feel like he's not really committed to rebuilding the club and kind of getting them back to where they, where they once were. Um, and so last week, Newcastle um, completed the transfer of power from Mike Ashley to a Saudi and Arabian owner, um, which, which... Establishes the new castle. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and so the, the majority short, uh, shareholders, which are the Saudi Arabian owners, are, are known as the Public Investment Fund. And I don't... I mean, th th this came as a shock to me, but they are worth a total of 320 billion British pounds. Okay, that seems like a lot of money. <laughs> That's yeah. how much they're worth. Yeah. 320 billion British pounds. Before that, the most the the the, the richest owner in the Premier League was Sheikh Mansour, who was Manchester City's owner and still is, but he's worth an estimated 23.3 billion British pounds. Oh, okay. So these guys are very wealthy. Yeah. These guys are <laughs> insanely wealthy. Okay. And so obviously this has got Newcastle fans jumping up and down um because come the winter transfer window in January. Oh, they're going to get they some studs. Want people, yeah, they, they want to bring people in. Obviously, I don't know if they're going to bring in the likes of Mbappe because I'm not sure if Mbappe wants to come to Newcastle. Um, I think it would be, I think coming to the Premier League would be a great challenge for him, but I'm not sure if Newcastle is the team he wants to do it with. But, you know, they're talking about bringing in Mbappe, um, uh, Erling Holland. People have said that they're going to bring in Ngolo Conte. I mean, it's it's just crazy. I mean, with this kind of money, you can't. 320 billion British pounds, I mean, you can pretty much do anything you want with that money. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty, pretty insane. Yeah, um, no, it'll be it'll be interesting to see yeah. how that 
unfolds, especially when it's time to get some new players yeah. uh, or Newcastle. Yeah, for exactly. sure. Exactly. But um, anyways, that's going to be the end of the podcast. No, um, we got one more thing. Oh, we do. We do have one more oh, thing. You forgot. I can't me. believe you oh forgot. Oh, my gosh. Excuse um, me. This, this That's the end of the sports segment okay. of the podcast. Yeah. Is a good way of putting it. Uh, we have one more thing. Uh, recently, a trailer dropped uh, for a new movie that's coming out called Home Sweet Home Alone. Uh, this movie is basically a remake of Home Alone. Uh, like, starting with the first... It seems mm-hmm. like it's the first Home Alone. It seems like it's British... Uh, the main the main kid is British. Uh, I think he's the kid. Look, click on click on the main yeah, guy. Yeah. I think he RG8. was. What was he in? He was in Jojo Rabbit. That was it. That was he a was fantastic. In, he was in movie. Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, that's what he was in. Um, but yeah, so he he's gonna be uh, the the new uh, kid in that. Um, and then one day he'll just be some washed actor. But for <laughs> now, he's in this movie. Um, and so this this brought up the question for me: What classic movies or movie? Would you love to see um, redone with a new cat, like new cast, started over from scratch? What old classic movie? Completely movies? re because no one from the original cast is in this thing. Yeah, seems like it's all new people. That's a tough one. My first thought was Back to the Future. That's okay. That that just popped into my mind. As I well. think that one would be very interesting. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think now you go back to you know, eighties, nineties, something like mm-hmm. that. You know, yeah. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, especially then to 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 make their uh, World Series champions uh, uh, um, guess again. Oh yeah, know? yeah. Because because uh, I I just remember them um, guessing that the that the Chicago Cubs were going to win it, and hey, they did. So they did. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, they would have to do a second though and go to yeah, like twenty forty yeah. something. Yeah, that's true. But I'm a hundred percent for. Um, for a Back to the Future remake, yeah. I think. I mean, the question that would be, would you want Michael J. Fox, it, like, to be like Michael J. Fox's kid, or so, like have him yeah, kind of in the movie? Yeah, yeah. So a little bit of a transition or yeah. whatever, but it can't just be someone completely new. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it'd be interesting. I think yeah. you could do that with a completely new past, yeah. but just keep the concept. Uh, like that's kind of what they're doing with this yeah. completely new past, but uh, cast, but keeping the concept alive. Definitely. Um, you know that's just an interesting idea for me. I yeah. think I think Back to the Future uh, would be a good one. Uh, that that'd be one I would definitely definitely want to see. I, I couldn't really think of many others where like you just completely recast it and then restart it. Yeah. I mean maybe like I don't know. I mean there are other classic movies out there. I mean like. Ferris Bueller's Day Off or the yeah. Goonies or something, but you're not going to recast that. Yeah, exactly. Th- th- those those are too iconic. Recastable. I feel you know. Yeah, like yeah. those don't need a recast really, and they're not. I don't know. I don't even know why they're doing this movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not really this, sure what prompted this, but I, this I'm all doesn't for it. seem necessary. And it, just from watching the trailer, it seems like it's the same plot as the last Does it? few. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, it, I mean, it, honestly, it can't really differ that much. I mean. No, so. it, it's it all. All of them were basically the same. Even the sequels and yeah. the third, like all of them were the yeah. same plot. Yeah. So I mean, it's 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 your classic Home Alone movie, Home Sweet yeah. Home. I think it's Disney Plus. Yeah, Disney Plus. Is what it's yeah. coming out? Yep. Exactly. Um, coming out on. So you know that'll be fun to watch. I think it comes out this November actually. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so. keep an eye out for that. Anyway, for now sure. I think we've done everything. Yeah, for the show. yeah. Now we have. Now I think we finished. Up, so, so yeah. Anyways, that that is going to be the end of the video. Thank you so much for joining us again. If you're new, 
please make sure to subscribe. That would that, that would really help us a lot just as we're still trying to grow. Um, if you're coming back and, and, and watching again, thank you so much for following us. We'll make sure to get more videos out every week. Um, make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Jack and Ian show um, for more content. And then I think we're good. I think that's yeah. all we've got for this weekend. We'll see y'all next week yeah. with even more sports news. Awesome. See you guys later. Thank y'all.